0: So my guest today is Seth Dillon, the CEO of a satire website, comedy, making fun of people both on the left and the right, who's gotten a lot of heat lately with New York Times. New York Times wrote negative things about them, then they sued them, then New York Times had to change it. Jack changes name to more politically correct, Caucasian Jack, which is pretty hilarious. I've read three of them, I haven't read the 10. So there's gonna be a reaction on the other ones. Number two, Biden cuts hole in masks so he can still sniff people's hair. Pretty impressive, by the way, that one's good. Three, motorcyclist who identifies as a bicyclist sets cycling world record. That is classic, (laughs) by the way, David, I love that one. Four, CDC. People with dirt on clinton's have 843% greater risk of suicide. That's a pretty is that, that that's pretty accurate, statement I, I think right it there. is probably Could accurate. Could be pretty accurate yeah. right there. Five. Fisher Price releases my first peaceful protest playset with house you can actually burn down. Very <laughs> thoughtful. Man identifying, identifying as a 6-year-old crushes game-winning homer in T-ball championship. I can go on by the way they can go on and on and on and on and on. And obviously this is satire, which we're going to talk about here today. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, Seth, thank you so much for being a guest on uh, Valuetainment. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So uh, satire. So satire, uh, it's very old. I mean, I think this goes back to, I was looking at the history today, Uh, even back in Egypt, 2000 years ago, before Christ, they were doing satire. And a lot of it was Making fun of people in power, mm-hmm. it was church, it was politicians, it was the government, it was the rich people. It's not like it's one-sided; it's been continuous to hold people accountable. But
1: this is your world. Mm-hmm. Tell us how you got into this satire world. Well, uh, the Babylon Bee exists because nobody was really doing satire from this particular perspective okay. at the time. You know, you've heard, you probably heard of the Onion, right? Absolutely. The Onion is like. They've dropped off a little bit though. They used to be the
0: biggest, they haven't
1: uh, Yeah, been. well they've just been around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably drop off by the time we've been around for 30 years too. Um, who knows, hopefully not. But you know, it's it, it, they've been around for a long time. It started as a print publication. They did make, they broke into the online world and yeah. developed quite a bit of a following. Um, but satire's been something that the left, the political left, has used very effectively to ridicule and mock their ideological and political opponents on the other side of the aisle. Um, You think of like the Tonight Shows, the Late Shows, you know, like the comedy shows, uh, SNL's Weekend Update. Um, You go down the list, and all the people that are doing that well, including like when you get into uh, uh, the media world, cartoons like Mm -hmm. The Simpsons and Family Guy and South Park, you know, uh, that that often delve into satire. um, It's being done well from their perspective. It wasn't really being done that well or at all from the other side of the aisle. So. Our founder, Adam Ford, started a website, threw up like a WordPress blog and started publishing satire, thought he, he had a knack for it and could do it well and wanted to do it from another perspective. The thing took off, went viral. Within a matter of a few months, we were generating millions of page views. Um, he was doing a lot of church jokes too, inside Christian humor, like evangelical Is he a Christian church. himself or not? Yes, he is. is. Yes. Yeah.
0: Are you yourself as well? I am myself but as well. But you're still making fun of the church. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean- Give me an think-
0: example of it. Like, like what's a satire joke against the church?
1: Uh, a satire joke against the church. Um, well, I'll give you an example. Okay, so so like the guys, I don't know if you're familiar with like the different like theological terms and stuff, but like there's uh, Calvinists. Have you heard of Calvinism? Mm-hmm. Of course. You know, kind of this belief in like theological determinism that, that God's predetermined who he's going to save and what's going to happen and all this stuff. Um, one, of the, one of the things I found so refreshing when I met Adam uh, for the first time up in Michigan, and I was talking about maybe acquiring a site from him because he was wanting to sell it. Um, we're having a conversation, and and it, it came out to me in that conversation. I didn't know this that he was a Calvinist himself. And I'm like, I'm actually surprised by that because I've read these jokes on your website making fun of Calvinists, like. And I, I'm, it's escaping that, me though. like what the, he- the specific headlines were. I'd have to pull them up to read them, and I hate to botch headlines and, like not read them correctly. Yeah. But like, there's a bunch of jokes on the website that like that like uh, just just poke fun lightly at Calvinists. I'm like, it's very refreshing to me to see like self-deprecating humor where you're actually like confronting yourself and your own ideas. And he said, you know, that's what, that's what you want to do with satire, is you want to, you know, obviously you want to speak truth to power, hold power accountable, um, you want to obviously attack bad ideas. Um, I, when I try to like summarize our mission statement, I summarize as we ridicule bad ideas, that's what we do. Um, but at the same time, sometimes the ideas on your side are bad, or the behavior on your side is bad and worth mockery and ridicule. Uh, and so I think it's a healthy exercise to kind of hold your own ideas. To why, why is New York Times pissed off with you, though? This is satire, right? Yeah. Why are they upset with you guys? The New York Times, uh, they don't like... Okay, so so I, you, I, I said a moment ago that the left is really good at this stuff. What they're not good at is receiving it. When you start firing back, it really bothers them. They don't like the jokes. Uh, they don't think they're funny. Uh, so the New York Times has kind of jumped onto this argument. It's been going around for a long time. We had... A, uh, years ago, probably three or f- almost four years ago, Brian Stelter tweeted about us, uh, and, you know, he's a CNN personality and he said, um, the Babylon the Bee. He's at the bottom of uh, all the shows. I believe yeah, he's at yeah. the bottom of Don Lemon. Yeah. yeah. He said the Babylon Bee is a fake news site. They call it satire. And he put that in quotes. Interesting. And his point there is that we're only pretending it being satire. We're like putting it on yeah. and trying to make people believe we're satire so that we can write these stories that are false, that people will believe. Um, The New York Times kind of picked that up and ran with it and and wrote a piece about us. They've actually written a couple about us, one of them that was kind of raising the question of whether we're uh, just pretending to be a satire site, and then one of them actually said we are a, and I'm quoting them, a far-right misinformation site that sometimes traffics in misinformation under the guise of satire. So it's this, you know, devious, malicious thing that they're accusing us of doing where we pretend to be satirists. Um, we objected strongly. To that. We're, we're a satire site no less than The Onion. We just have a different political perspective, different theological perspective. That Onion whatever.
0: is left. Onion would be considered Onion would be as as on the a, left, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. so when you see issues like a gun control or abortion or whatever the issue is that people come down either hard on the left or hard on the right about, The Onion is always satirizing from that perspective on the left side, you know, making fun of the gun rights people or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, we, we're just doing it from the other side and, and, and kind of firing back, but... But to call our motives into question, how do they know our motives? How do they know we're writing this satire to try to mislead people? It's silly. Our website is so obviously a satirical website. So um, we actually, we sent them a demand letter, demanded that they retract that story. Within five days, they edited that story. They did, so they at least did it. Yes, they deleted all the references to us in that story. I think
0: it's important for the audience to know, if they haven't heard about you guys, you got 20 million visitors a month. I think mm-hmm. you got 20,000 paid subscribers. I believe those numbers could be bigger today.
1: Yeah, they're old numbers.
0: They're Yeah, old, yeah. yeah so bigger it's, numbers it's in not mind. like you're not getting, you're getting a ton of traffic. Everyone's oh, yeah. talking about you guys right now. You guys are funny, you're, you're doing it the right way. When has satire ever been canceled? Has there ever been a satire site show
1: uh, uh, talent that's ever been canceled? Well, there's certainly been comedians who have been canceled, right? There's been comedians who have been attacked. Um, There's been comedians who have lost their Twitter pages or their Instagram pages uh, for making jokes that were considered beyond the pale, politically incorrect. Um, Usually, it's not for misinformation. It's unusual the way that we're getting. You know, we get we got caught up in this whole thing where uh, around the last election there was all this concern about fake news influencing Mm -hmm. voters, right? So uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, They were really concerned about the spread of misinformation, how it would lead people to believe false things about the candidates, about what was going on, and so they wanted to clamp down on that and control misinformation. So they started working with third-party fact-checkers, and they started fact-checking stories that were... Uh, factually inaccurate and rating them false. So they could then flag them and let people know that they were false or take them down and completely pull them down. They started doing that with us. So we got fact-checked, the the most notable one happened, uh, the first big one that happened was in 2018, we wrote a piece about how CNN had purchased an industrial-sized washing machine to spin the news in before publication. Which
0: is pathetic. I yeah. <laughs> mean, say,
1: you may want to say that one more time. I mean, we're gonna put the picture up here for people to see. Yeah. Can you can you repeat that? CNN purchases industrial-sized washing machine to spin the news That's in before publication. Now, it's absurd, right? Of course. It's like that, that can't yeah. actually happen. Yeah. There's no real way to spin the news. It, that's a metaphorical thing. It's not a physical yeah. thing. So, so that the joke is just silly on the surface. But they rated it false, and then Facebook threatened to deplatform and demonetize us because of that joke. So that's a great example right there of the type of action that's sometimes taken against, uh, you know, comedy sites or satirists. Um, it could be either because of misinformation or because it's deemed to be hate speech because you're making fun of the wrong people. Did you see what uh, You saw what just happened with Dave Chappelle recently. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Dave Chappelle is, you know, you've got people doing a virtual walkout at Netflix. It's been a story in the news now yeah. for weeks yeah. uh, because he he made comments and jokes that people didn't like. So they're trying to get him taken off Netflix. They're trying to get Netflix to but take Netflix down the But Netflix is special. staying strong, by the way. They're, they're not They're standing moving. with him. Yeah. They are standing with him, which is great. Which is impressive it, because Reed Hastings is on the left and he gave $3
0: right. million dollars to Newsom to help save his recall. So right. it's not like they fully agree with everything he's saying. It's just a business model saying we're okay back in uh, Chappelle and leaving him on there.
1: Right, right. It's important. I mean, it's, it's nice to see liberals being liberal and actually standing for free speech. Bill Maher is one of them I respect who is always uh, coming out against cancel culture. Did
0: you hear about what he said recently? Uh, it, it may have been in August, like two months ago where he's having a conversation about how for the longest time, you know, conservatives tried to do comedy and it never worked because uh, Pelosi is not that fun. And he was talking about Dennis Miller. He says, Dennis Miller is a very good comedian, but the moment Dennis Miller became a conservative and they had him do a 10 minute skit on Nancy Pelosi, you just can't do it. He says, but Sarah Palin, let's face it, she's a, I don't know if he called her stupid moron, something he called her, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, but today, things have flipped. He says, today, the stuff they're writing about and the stuff that the liberals are doing on the left it's officially comedy. There's officially comedy for conservatives to have an SNL model to make fun of the left because half the stuff just doesn't make sense. You're making it easy for them. It wasn't the case 10, 20 years ago. Right? Would you have guessed a Bill Maher saying something like that in 2021? A Bill Maher who's been known
1: as a guy on the left. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he t- uh, what I respect about him is he takes his own side to task. It's one of the things that we try to do with our satire is make fun of the, You know, we make fun of Trump like crazy. And a lot of people that follow us who are Republicans or conservatives who like our humor because we align with them politically, they can't stand when we make fun of Trump. But we do it anyway because Trump deserves to be made fun of. Are those your best articles? Are those the typically most viewed? We did one on how uh, some of the ones that you read are some of our most viewed. It looks like you looked up ones that have the most page views or shares. Uh, We did one about how Trump claimed to uh, uh, have done more for Christianity than Jesus himself. (laughs) And that was, it was just a st- straight quote from Trump. Trump, I have done more for Christianity than Jesus himself. Now, that's believable. I find that believable, that right? Believable. Because you, you're playing into Trump's ego. I could totally see him saying that. Now, we wrote that in 2019. You listen to this, this is crazy. We wrote that in 2019. Snopes fact-checked it, rated it false. Now, the reason Snopes fact-checked it is because it was going viral. People were sharing it, that believing hilarious it was true. to me. Now, answer this for me. I'm gonna interview you for a second. Is, if, if people believe that story is true, is that an indictment of satire or of Trump? It's an indictment of him, right? That of course, but,
0: but, the, but the point is, you know, if I read that article and I would have said, yeah, after the 70th time of saying there's no way he would say something like that, you're like, he probably would say
1: something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's believable. It caused that, it's yes. It's believable. It's believable yeah. because he's got that outlandish sure. personality. Yes. He's got a big ego, it's believable. Now that means that's good satire because satire rides on the back of the truth, right? We go in the direction the truth's pointing of all, that's and exaggerating. Al- I'm still so, so laughing, thinking about it. So now here's the thing. On, I think it was like October 9th, what is it now? Uh, it's, we're in mid-October, right? It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Trump came on a program okay. doing an interview Be and quiet. said, "Be quiet. I have done more for religion and Christianity than any other person in history. He didn't say that. Two weeks ago. Trump said that <laughs> two weeks ago. So we made that joke in 2019. Snope's rated it false. Give me the title again. What's the, what's the title of the article? Uh, Trump, uh, I have done more for Christianity than Jesus himself. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'm listening to yeah. you. Yeah. So uh, so now, here's the interesting thing Snope's rated it false, but now he's actually said it. If you look it up, you can actually see he made that statement just a couple of weeks ago. Three and a half million, sh- 15 million shares, yeah. this article. Yeah. Yeah, that one went crazy. I have more, more Christianity than Jesus. So now that he's actually on record saying it, Snopes might have to go back and change that one to true because they rated it a false initially. So now- it's, and then the article,
0: the way it reads, I'm just going to read this article so people kind of have an idea. Washington, D.C., in response to Christian Today editorial calling for his removal, Trump called the magazine a left wing rag and said, I have done more for Christianity than Jesus. I mean, the name of the magazine is Christianity Today, and who's doing more for Christianity Today? Not Jesus, he disappeared. No one knows what happened to him, but I'm out there every day protecting churches from crazy liberals. (laughs) Here's a part though, let me explain to you my experience with Onion, okay? Okay. First time, I wanna say 11 years ago. I have no idea what the Onion is. I'm Mm -hmm. not following, you know, Onion. My friend Tom sends me an article from Onion, okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the article was about. I'm like, Tom, are you kidding me? When did this happen? And originally, I believed the story. (laughs) Right, right. Because I felt and says, no, Patrick, it's Onion. Onion is a satire website that does it. So meaning, if somebody reads this for the first time, those are the people's reaction. You know how you watch a movie with somebody and you wanna see their reaction for the first time? I wanna see someone's reaction for the first time who has no clue what Babylon B is. Right. To say, did you hear about this news site, what they posted, what
1: Trump said today? And you share it with them, just to get their reaction. How many well, you people can go, actually believe this stuff though? A, a lot do because it's believable. And again, I have to make this point. It's a very important point. The fact that satire is believable. See, what they want you to do when they don't like your jokes. Yeah. The, the left was fine with this one because it fed into their narrative that Trump is, you know, an, uh, an egotistical maniac and he is braggadocious and whatever. So they didn't mind this one. But when what what they're trying to get you to do when they don't like your jokes is they're trying to say, "Hey, look, You know, people are believing this stuff, it reflects poorly on us. They want you to have jokes that are so divorced from reality that no one could possibly believe they were true. But have you heard the saying, there's a grain of truth in every joke, or Mm -hmm. it's funny because it's true, Yes, right? That's what makes comedy effective. Is if it's if it's got a grain of truth in it, it's rooted in the yeah, truth. Yeah. It's just exaggerating a little bit yeah. for you know hyperbole just yeah. to make a point. So that's what satire does. So this is good satire if it's believable. People will try to criticize it for that reason and say, "This is you, you guys are uh, misleading people on purpose by publishing this stuff that's believable." No, that's not that's not how it works. I
0: think about my friends. I get listen for uh, Armenians, Assyrians, Persians, man, they, they're naturally satire. Right. They're naturally like this. They're very good at being sarcastic, telling jokes like this. If an Armenian is watching this, one of you guys has got to do something with Babylon being for the <laughs> Armenian side. Anyways, so tell me how you come up with this. Like what is the business model? Mm-hmm. Is it mainly, are you
1: guys sitting in a creative room and everybody pitches? Is it a lot of pitching, pitching, pitching? How do you guys come up with these titles? A lot of pitching, yeah. I mean, so we primarily we're riding on the back of whatever's in the news cycle, right? So we want to be timely with it. We want to be writing about whatever people are currently thinking and talking about. So uh, we wake up in the morning and look at the headlines, read the headlines. And I, when I say we, I mean my team. It's not, it's not me personally for the most part yeah. doing this. I do pitch ideas, but, but we have a whole team of writers who are, uh, you know, they're in the Slack channels pitching ideas, it's all in the headline, right? We start with the headline. We don't create the image, we don't write the article, we write headlines and pitch them over and over and over again until we get one that's right. Or we iterate on it, and you know, we've got like a seed thought that's good, but the headline's not worded properly, we'll, we'll you know, keep rewriting it, toss it back and forth until we get nail it. And then once we got the joke in the headline, then we hand it off, get the Photoshop done, get the article written up and all of that. So we pitch, for every article we publish, there's probably 100, 150 headlines pitched. Um, that were turned down? That were turned down, that didn't go live.
0: How many go, how many every day? How many do you guys post every day? Satire?
1: Uh, we probably publish between five and 10 new articles a day, depending on the day, and then we also repost some evergreen stuff from
0: So only from five before. to 10 a day. So the yeah, entire model is to come up with the best five or 10 a day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, you know, people can only handle so much satire in their news feed, and they're only gonna share so much satire, yeah. um, so I don't think it makes sense to have a model where like, Fox News, we're publishing an article every three minutes, you know, throughout the course of Makes the day. Um, there's just no way to inundate people with it like that. It's not the right kind of content. So we're, we're going for, for quality over quantity.
0: So, how much is, obviously, I would have to say the king of satire for satire business is Trump. He's got to be at the top.
1: I don't, right? I would put him at the top. Oh, I mean, for who, is to, it, is for who to satirize, is who for to who satirize. to target. Yes. Now, okay, so this might be, this, it's debatable, but Trump on the one hand is low-hanging fruit. Right? He'll be because offended if you
0: say he's not, though.
1: <laughs> he will. The, uh, he, on the one hand, he's low-hanging fruit because he's like an outrageous personality. Biden, kind of the same way. He's, he's, you know, he mumbles this gibberish sometimes. He's hard to understand. He says crazy things. He sniffs people's hair. He does weird stuff yeah, that's easy yeah. to make fun of. Um, but when you're exaggerating the truth, to make your point, when the truth is, Trump is an exaggeration himself. So you got regular reality, then you got Trump who's like a crazy guy, and then you gotta try to exaggerate him. You're exaggerating an exaggeration. (laughs) I find it more challenging to parody that which is already a parody of itself. So Trump seems like a character out of a movie already. So uh, I think it's challenging to parody things. In fact, uh, I quote G.K. Chesterton all the time. He said back in 1911, the world has become too absurd to be satirized. He said that over 100 years ago. Today, we got crazy stuff happening, really crazy stuff happening, that actually makes the project of satire more difficult because it's hard to exaggerate something that's already so exaggerated and, and uh, so extreme. You
0: didn't answer my question, so who would be at
1: the top? Who would
0: be the GOAT to satirize?
1: Um, is, it, is it a Bush? Is it a... Uh like is, today, there's people like I think Fauci is an easy one. Okay. You know, because Fauci's been kind of on every side of these issues. He's, yeah. he's said things that contradict himself sure. uh, over and over again. So we've made jokes about how Fauci debates, you know, hit the five previous versions of himself. Um, is that hard to do when you're the sexiest man alive? Like, it's got to be tough to do that, right? <laughs> See, that's funny. The fact, he, he's like been on the front of magazines, yeah. but he's like this elderly doctor. It's just the whole thing is just funny. It's bizarre, unexpected. Um, so I think he's he's a good one. Um, I think that the more outrageous the personality like Trump, the more difficult it is. But also when you just nail it, when you get it just right. I wrote a a, a piece, a, a headline about how Trump, went, uh, Twitter went down for a few hours, right? Um, and so I pitched a headline to the team about how, uh, okay, he can't tweet because Twitter's down. This is before he got suspended. I'm like, what would Trump do? What would Trump do? Okay let's do a story about how he, because Twitter's down, he went out on the balcony of the White House and was just shouting his thoughts to whoever was listening, you know? So he did a piece about like, t- during Twitter outage, Trump is out on the White House balcony, <laughs> just shouting his thoughts to like whoever's in earshot, just to whoever, you know, just because he has nowhere out, no other outlet for it. And it was funny, it got shared a ton of times because it was kind of like, kind of believable, but also pretty silly. Um, so for, for those reasons, Trump is fun, but it's, it's really challenging to find just the right angle on him. Gay man miraculously turned straight
0: by single bite of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who comes up with that? Yeah, San Francisco no. bans people from eating at uh, uh, unsanitary In-N-Out. Must eat on poop-covered sidewalk <laughs> instead.
1: If you've been to San Francisco, that one's course, Two to you. months ago, I know how it yeah, looks. Yeah, that like. one's it's, it's a mess you. today. Mm-hmm.
0: Liberal parents trying to figure out how to cheer for his son Brandon. <laughs> Is this, a, this, is, this is a recent one, I'm assuming. Oh right. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What That's a great, great. NASCAR driver. When go everybody was chanting for him, it was very uh, inspirational when I saw that happening. It was. And the and NBC lady caught it. Right. So, so it, it, right now, like, <laughs> can anybody mess with you guys today? I mean, uh, after you going back to New York Times and having them change it, did you, was that ultimately like your
1: insurance policy to protect yourself against them coming back after you? Well, so I wanna do a couple of things with that. Like, uh, uh, there's, there's a couple of things. For one, for one thing, we, I would prefer strongly to just laugh this stuff off and joke about it. Because that would be in character for us, right? To just mock the New York Times. Um, but because of the way the social networks treat misinformation and they take it so seriously, we, li- we literally just can't sit there and make jokes when the New York Times is out there saying that we are misinformation. So we had to make a statement about it. And my hope was that we would set some precedent for um, showing these media companies and these media personalities that when they make false characterizations of us, we're gonna actually do something about it instead of just laugh it off. Um, so I think there was some precedent set for that. With the, with their retraction, I think it's less likely now that other media companies will make that same mistake, which is good. I think that was you know a win for us. We notched that as a big win. Um, but it doesn't mean there aren't other threats. I think the main—if you could—if you were to ask me right now what I think the main threat is to satire right now on like the social media platforms, it's this idea of punching down. You familiar with punching mm-hmm. down? Um, and I can explain it for people who are watching who may not be familiar with that. But but you have this new policy that Facebook is rolling out. They've announced it recently, I think back in June, um, that they're going to put together a policy specifically around satire. Satire is allowed on Facebook. You can do it. You just can't punch down. And what that means is you can't make fun of people. Uh, you can't make jokes or make fun of people who are below you. It's hypocritical, by the way, what punching
0: down means. What do you mean? Like, if, for, if you're punching down, you can't say anything about women. Why? So you're saying women are beneath me? Right, exactly. I can't say that's, that's, that's what I'm punching. What do you mean punching down? That's, that's, that's what I say. That's sexist. Ain't it? No, that's punching down, but... You're, you're contradicting yourself, yes. well, you know with what, what they're coming up with. Yes.
1: if I say if I look at a woman and I say, "You know what I'm not going to make a joke about you because uh, you're beneath me and I would rather not joke about someone who's beneath me. that's you know that's not polite. What does that say to That's so condescending to look at somebody and say, "I'm not going to joke about you because you're beneath me." Now what they tra- what they'll try to say is that it's about power, right? Like who has the power? The people who have the power shouldn't be making jokes about the people who don't have the power. Um, that's really what they're what they're what they're trying to get at there. but they're they're putting people into this hierarchy where you're in these tiers. And based on your score from your race, your gender, uh, you know, your status and privilege in life, or whatever, uh, you get scored and tiered, and there's certain people that you just can't touch. You can't make fun of. I reject the whole thing for the reason you just gave. I think it's I think it's condescending. I think it's hypocritical. I think it reinforces and perpetuates sexism, misogyny, racism, et cetera, to to think less of people or to think that there are people beneath you. Um, I think that if we're all created equal, and I believe that we are, um, then we should all be able to joke about each other indiscriminately and not uh, and not be like hands off certain groups. Um, now, does that mean being like kicking somebody while they're down, being malicious? No, but I see it as precisely the opposite. Conservatives, in my mind, being one myself, conservatives are uh, really have been on the ropes in the culture war for a long time. We've been on the defensive. The left, the progressive ideas have been winning. They dominate education. They dominate the corporations. They dominate media and entertainment. Uh, they dominate right now in politics. So you have progressive ideas that are dominating everywhere, and, col- and cultural conservatives are, are really on the defensive. So when they make jokes back in the other direction, if anything, I would say they're punching up against the institutional powers, not punching down at people who are, who are less powerful or influential than they are. When's
0: the last time conservatives were winning all those areas, though? Like, when's the last time conservatives were winning education, universities, politics, media, uh, you know, when, when's the last time they had it? It's been a long time. <laughs> What's a long time? Not in, my, not in my lifetime. What I'm trying to wonder is if they ever had it. Like, you know, in one sense, like I'll give you an idea. Mm. Time magazine is for sale for $350, $350 million. Why don't mm. you buy it if you're on the right? Mm. Why doesn't somebody, in you, who goes and buys it? Mark Benioff buys it. Mm-hmm. Washington Post is for sale for a few hundred million dollars. You mean that's a lot of money? How many billionaires on the right can go buy that? Right. So many of them. You know, you got LA Times is for sale for $550. I think Peter June bought it for $551 or $541, some, num- some number like that. That's nothing. You could have bought LA Times. Mm. How about if you would have made an offer for a billion dollars? Forbes magazine is owned by Forbes, the family, right? Mm-hmm. You know who they end up selling to? Have you seen what's happened with Forbes lately? It was they always have- known as protective of fiscally conservative capitalist, all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who owns Forbes magazine today? I don't. Do you have any idea? If I told you right now, I'm so curious to know what your reaction will be. I'm actually gonna show it to you so you see it. Here's Forbes Wikipedia.
1: The only acquisition I know of in that list was Bezos buying The Post. Okay, so
0: here's Forbes. Who owns
1: 95%? Integrated Whale Media, China. How the hell does, how do you sell to China? <laughs> how does the wow. number
0: one business magazine sell to China? So, That's wild. This is the part where I think uh, you got to respect the left because they uh, 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 were long-term thinkers. But for you, since you're in the world, I wonder maybe maybe you had a different story where it was a time where you know Cronkite even was secretly on the left, but he played the position of center and people trusted him on what he Mm -hmm. would say. You know, not Cronkite, whatever he was politically, but he would stay center. So you can kind of make a decision for yourself. We don't have that today. When did that change? Mm -hmm. Did it change because? Uh, we gamified TV did it change because hosts were all gamified on who can get the most views Did it change because of a Morton Downey jr. Came and showed I don't know if you remember Morton Downey jr. He became so crazy and wild and Controversial that all of a sudden he passed up Oprah Winfrey Springer Montell, and those were all faces of TV and Morton came in 18 months He's number one on all these platforms. Did that become inspirational, where all of a Beck is kind of going that direction, you know, MSNBC goes that direction with some of the stuff Matthews was doing? What flipped
1: for these guys to start winning? Well, there's a lot of things. So, I mean, if you go back in the history of religion, for example, you know, there's, you had basically this idea of like theocratic, th- Fascism and you know religious groups that were trying to control society and impose their uh, their morality on society and, and and make sure everybody was abiding by their religious principles basically you know you've had that happen historically with conservatism though when you get into like politics generally speaking you know conservatives libertarians they want to kind of uh, they want to live and let live and they're happy to have people have ideological disagreement with them and they, they welcome the debate and they welcome ideological diversity. The left wants diversity of a different kind. The left wants diversity of skin color and gender and intersectionality. You know They don't want diversity of opinion and yeah. viewpoint. Um, so when they take over an institution, they lock it down. They try to hold their, th- that ground and, and prevent people from coming in, even when you, you, know, you look at corporations that are predominantly leftist in their, in their, in their corporate makeup, who they, who they donate to, which kind of candidates they donate to, Um, it's hard to even get into these places. If you're conservative, it's hard to get a job at at Facebook, Google, you can't be publicly out about who you are politically. They don't want diversity of viewpoint. They want diversity of other factors. Um, So, the, once they gain that power, it's very difficult to wrest it back from them. And so I think a lot of people on the right right now are trying to create alternatives, they're trying to create alternative social media platforms. Daily Wire's trying to create alternative media, release their own movies. Uh, people are trying to publish books for kids that are coming from a conservative perspective. Daily Wire just of signed a from we're ESPN.
0: Daily Wire just signed a yes. couple people from they're ESPN. Un, they're uncancelling people I who think. are cancelled yeah. in other places, I love yes. that, good
1: for Ben Shapiro, he's yeah. doing the right thing. Gina Carano, who got, who got cancelled from Disney. And they're they, doing they a movie her with up her. and they're doing a movie they're with doing her movie with her which so is that's, great that's great yeah. it's not a big budget movie
0: it's a million and a half two million dollars but still, still you get the yeah. eyeballs and they're putting it on the app i think uh, the number i got is three hundred thousand people watch their uh movie they did on the app whatever the movie is about the shooter you know the 17 year old shooter yeah. run hide fight or something run like hide that. fighting yeah. something like that yeah so question for you mm-hmm. so for me i'm in the military i'm an atheist i'm a democrat when i'm in the military and I was a registered Democrat and atheist till 25. This is mm-hmm. what I was. And, and here's what I always learned, okay, when I would watch people. I, 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 had a, I always made fun of people who were too square, mm-hmm. like too proper. You know what I mean? Where it's like, well, so what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm going to go to church, and then I'm going to do this. I'm like, oh, my gosh, freaking, what a boring weekend. You're going to go to church on a, you have two days You got seven days, five days we're in school, you got two days to yourself, you're gonna spend Sunday going to church, you're out of your mind. That doesn't make any sense, what a boring guy you are, right? So, a a, a way of looking at that thing about going to church, you fall in the score category, because if you wanna party, like, let's look at this, you got the far left, you got the conservative, you got the liberal, you got the libertarian, Mm -hmm. okay? If I put it in there, you got the independent in the middle, right, okay, Okay. if you probably wanna party and have fun, who are you gonna have the most fun with, if you wanna party? get drunk, get hammered, have fun, no responsibility, no rules, no regulation, just screw off. Who would you want to party with?
1: Well, it depends on how you look at it. I'd say there's a lot of people, if you go to like a town, if you go to like a town like Nashville and you're hanging out with a bunch of country folks who are like, a lot of them are super conservative, Christian, church going people, But they'll throw back some beers with you and party with you and have a lot of fun. Silverado, I mean, I wear Silverado every Saturday night. Exactly, yeah, so I mean, it depends. Now, Nashville can also be a pretty liberal town, at least it is uh, from a a governmental perspective. Um, But I don't know, is this a trick question? There's no Uh, trick question
0: here, no satire, no trick. I don't have a follow-up. The only reason I'm asking you this is because I'm thinking about, I'm a businessman, right? So I, I run businesses. I'm thinking about it from a marketing standpoint how terrible of a job conservatives have done pitching their life, right? As is, being fun, as like yes. because as the life is like this. Well, listen, because you want to save yourself, because it's the right thing to do, hmm. and the drugs—you don't want to touch drugs because God is watching.
1: It's so much like fear-based. Well, you you maybe you've got to remarket that store. Like, you can talk to young re-brand. people and say, young people like to be rebellious, right? You know, it's yeah. rebellious now. What's that? Get married young have kids raise a family take your son fishing teach him to read teach him values that's rebellious today that's rebellious though the way they want you to live now today the the the, the proper way to, to live is to find yourself and explore and, and, and do all this crazy stuff yeah. and don't have any principles and who cares what gender you are or who you're who you're dating and who, and who you're seeing or how many you're seeing at the same time like there should be no restrictions Uh, the rebellious way to live now is the way that's kind of that straight and narrow path where it's rooted in values and tradition, Um, you know. I
0: I ask this question because
1: you got eyeballs,
0: right? You you have to win the
1: young, younger audience. You don't Mm -hmm. win the
0: younger audience. Somebody's gonna win the younger audience over if you don't do it, right? Right. So so the left has what? They have most of sports. Mm -hmm. I would say probably not baseball. I think they got football. Maybe baseball is 50-50, let's just say, right? right. They definitely have NBA, it's 95% right. minus a couple, you know, maybe a couple guys from Orlando Magic or different places. But they have NBA, you know, NHL, nobody messes with the NHL. Have you ever noticed NHL and politics? They just don't touch them. They're so right. worried they're gonna whoop their ass. They're like, listen, right. we'll fight anybody else. These NHL guys are missing <laughs> teeth. I probably don't wanna mess with these guys. They'll find me at a bar and whoop my ass. But everything is marketing. They have the movies. They have the nightlife. They have the social media. They have the education. Mm-hmm. They have all of that. So I think the rebranding of the right. So I'm asking this only from the perspective of whoever is here. I, okay. So for example, uh, 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 one of the pastors invites me a month ago, and he says, "Would you mind?" You a very big church. This is a church that's known, linked to Billy Graham, massive, but the marketing isn't that good. They have a meeting with me and the senior pastor and I are working together on marketing very closely. Okay, but we're working on marketing. They come to my house once a month. We have this meeting together. Great. So how do we get this exposure out there? I said, first of all, cause you know, church attendance has been coming down. Christian, Christian right. church attendance kept coming down. Tithing is coming down. You go to a lot of churches. We used to have 20,000 people here. Well, you don't today, you only mm-hmm. got 2,200 and there's right. a big difference between 2,200 and 20,000. What changed? You're not marketable. You're boring you're still trying to convert the ways of 50 years ago, the way you converted, the way you converted 40 years ago. It's just not going to work today. Mm. You're still not allowing people in that maybe are slightly more different than you, that are rebellious, that want to have conservative beliefs, but they got to fit in your box. If they don't fit in your box, so a guy like me, I went to a church, and I, I went to 26 churches. What I, I went to Scientology. I went to LDS, Mormonism. I studied everything from Godmakers to Joseph Smith to Book of Moroni. I went to Seventh-day Adventists. I looked at Jehovah Witness, I looked at Los Angeles Church of Christ that ended up being a cult. I looked at everything. Everywhere I would go was too much about this, right? And then mm-hmm. one day I go to this one church and sitting all the way in the back, I'm like, every Christian church I've gone to has told me I'm going to hell. This is the first church I've gone to that maybe, maybe they'll let me stand in line to have a spot in heaven. Mm-hmm. I already know I'm going to hell based on the life I've lived. <laughs> maybe i got a spot in heaven. Who knows, right? So guess what I do, I stick around a little bit. And I like the guy's approach, I'm like, I think there's, some, there's something here. Mm-hmm. The guy's got 25,000 members today in L.A. Crushing mm-hmm. it, Dudley, mm-hmm. absolutely crushing it in the valley. A big liberal county has got 25,000 people going to his church. But I think the approach that's taken in the last five, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe the reason why they've lost it is because the left adapted and they didn't adapt.
1: Well, maybe the reason that church is so popular is because it's just telling people what they want to hear rather than confronting them with the truth. I mean and I'm not speaking to your situation specifically but when, when I think of like what would resonate with young people there's just this video that I saw recently I forget who it was put out by maybe it was like heritage or something or campus reform like this young uh, this college uh, organization and they interviewed college kids and they asked them about it was about affirmative action and you know diversity in hiring and yeah. stuff like that and they're asking if if you know affirmative action should be something Uh, that that not just happens at the university, but also at at corporations where people hire based on diversity quotas to make sure that the the makeup of the company matches the makeup of the community. You know, if the community is 40% black, the makeup of the company should be 40% black, right? And all the students agreed. And then they asked, okay, well, what about the sports teams? What about your team? If the makeup of the community is 80% white, does the the basketball team need to be 80% white? Do we need to do that? Oh, no, 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 that should be skill-based. That should be skill-based. They all answered the same, they're like, okay, so with the sports they want to win, right? They want to win, that's all they care about. So with sports they were really de- they they saw that it was better to be skill-based and talent-based and rooted in that. But then when you ask them about like the workplace and everything, they were completely fine with the yeah. diversity quotas. This interviewer got every single person they interviewed, all these college kids to change their mind and see that maybe the diversity quotas aren't the best thing for companies or sports teams. If you want to win, what should really matter is the talent, the drive, the ambition, the skill. Uh, it should be it should be based on merit and not on your skin color, for example. got to take that out of it. And, and it convinces a lot of people to change their minds. I think it's just a matter of presenting the truth in the right way to young people. Young people are going to be receptive to truth. And I think in our current day and age where we're drifting so far away from truth uh, and everything is subjective and everybody has their own truth, I think that a lot of people are going to become very disenchanted with that, feel very uh... unfulfilled and unsatisfied with that and they're gonna really be craving the truth but when it comes to like entertainment and the right not doing it right look i'm here sitting here as evidence running i run right now the most popular satire site on the internet and it's a conservative publication we are the most popular satire site on the internet and we're run by conservatives and have yeah, a largely conservative I, audience but I don't, so think we've tapped into the I don't
0: think you're following the status quo though i don't think you're, you're i don't think you're following the uh, uh... status quo i don't think you're going doing it the way they're doing it. I think you're crushing it because you're so creative. Mm -hmm. And I think the right has forgotten that they need to get creative. They've been so much about, you know how sometimes you're married, you're like, whenever you see see marriages like, hey, same spot, (laughs) same bedroom, same position, same restaurant, same dinner, same travel, same vacation, same conversation. Just like, hey, you're just kind of going, seven years later, you look at a couple, we go to restaurants, my wife and I, sometimes I'll just look at dinner, uh, different couples having dinner, and I'll say, Wow, those guys haven't sat there for six minutes, haven't talked to each other yet, okay? Those two have sat there and they've been on the phone the entire time for 15 minutes. Those guys are into each other, they're married. And I'll go up and I'll say, I'm sorry, how long have you guys been married together? 25 years. How do you guys still enjoy each other's company? What's the secret sauce here, right? Right, right. I think the conservatives is just business as usual. No more, let me get creative. You're getting creative, you're mixing it up.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we are doing what they do well. We're doing it back, and that's what I was saying before. It's like, it's it's this this concept of punching back. They're very good at being creative. They're very good at mockery and ridicule. And and, and I think bad ideas, bad behavior, hypocritical behavior, whatever, needs to be mocked. It needs to be uh, scorned and ridiculed. Uh, especially before like people, st- young people start adopting those ideas. If no have C.S. Lewis quote
0: you say. It's, it's a powerful quote, if you don't mind sharing the C.S. Lewis quote. I'm oh yeah, philosophy. Uh, uh,
1: good philosophy yeah. must exist if for no other reason because bad philosophy needs to be answered. That's right. Yeah, I, and, I, and I say this all the time when I give talks on this or interviews on this. Yeah. Uh, uh, Satire is necessary for the exact same reason that good philosophy is necessary. It's to confront those bad ideas. It just does it in a different way. It does it with humor, sarcasm, mo- mockery, irony. Um, but I think that that is a very aggressive, um, you know, rather than being polite and just saying, oh, you guys have a different viewpoint than we have. Here's our, here's the reason that we believe what we believe. What satire does is it aggressively goes after those bad ideas to try to tear them down and make them look foolish and silly and, and expose them for what they are. Um, and that's something that historically the left has been better at. We're, I think, finding so much success because we're doing it back in the other direction. I think it's
0: great. I think yeah. uh, that's the part where when i look at these guys and i see were you a strong christian as a kid or no were you
1: yeah i grew up in a christian family yeah my dad's a a pastor of a church uh throughout my youth are you married i am yeah how long you been married i'm married 11 years kids two boys yeah eight and five and and you look like you're in your 30s though i'm 38 yeah
0: 38 years old yeah. yeah so so you've lived in a house with solid values strong values you went through it uh uh and and being a good citizen today with your eight and five year old i'm married I don't know how many years it is right now. 12 and a half years. June. Right. Well, Better our daughter right. was born on our <laughs> anniversary date, the last one. We have a nine year old, an eight year old, a five year old, and nearly a four month old is what oh, we wow. have. Yeah, so it's, it's nonstop with us. But, you know, if you, now let let, let imagine the conservative billionaires are watching, okay? Mm-hmm. They hire you as a consultant. You're a young guy that's figured it out, right? you're doing it right in your own way. Daily Wire is doing their part, you doing your part. You got a couple of these guys that are doing what they're doing to protect their own uh, uh, values and principles that they have. What feedback would you give to folks who are in the church who are asking, why are memberships down? Why is attendance down? Why is uh, the tithing and involvement down? Second, if you talk to some of these guys who are yeah, I'm not talking about the Larry Arns of the world. We've had Larry Arn on from Claremont Institute, Larry Arn. Uh, uh. I'm not talking about those guys who are doing their part with school education. I'm talking about some mm. of the guys that are sitting on the sidelines that are wondering, what can we do about it to get more creative? Mm. What feedback would you give them?
1: Well, first of all, I wouldn't probably be a consultant for them because I just make jokes on the internet. So they'd be stupid to ask me. But if they did ask me, I think that I think that right now, the left is creating a massive opportunity by going completely woke, by making all kinds of rules about what you can do and what you can say, you must be vaccinated, you must, not ma- you must use the proper pronouns, you must not say- they try to compel speech, they try to compel thought, they try to make certain thoughts crimes, certain words crimes, and they do that in entertainment areas. Comedians are feeling that pressure. We talked about Dave Chappelle briefly. Chappelle's feeling that pressure, but here's the thing. We're talking about Chappelle and he's getting more views than anybody else. The people who are willing to make the jokes you're not supposed to make and say the things you're not supposed to say are going to have a massive, massive audience because that majority—they call it like the silent majority—that got Trump voted right. There was all this, like people were wondering where's all the support for Trump come from. There were a lot of people who were like holding that in and not talking about their support for Trump until they got to the ballot box and they voted for him. There's a lot of people in this country, a huge, huge, huge percentage of people in this country, who reject all of that kind of. Uh, 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 control, and they just want personal liberty, they want personal freedom, they want to live and let live, uh, and they want real comedy. They want people to be able to joke about things, anything, and nothing off limits, you know, and just and actually engage in real conversation and entertainment that's not watered down with all the things you're supposed to say and, and supposed to do. So I think, okay, so what Daily Wire is doing is a great model. They're taking people who've been canceled, like Gina Carano and I, I don't know the name of the ESPN Vince personality, Allison. Um, they're gonna, you're going to continue to see people do this where they gobble up the canceled people and serve those people right back to an audience uh, that's even bigger than the one that they had before. I think that that's going to be a winning model in the future, especially as... Uh, as you try, as they as they basically try to create ideological conformity in all of these areas, people are going to push back on that. And I think they're going to push back hard. That creates market opportunity, in my opinion.
0: I agree. Alison Williams is her name, by the way, from ESPN Allison who were left okay. to go there. She was with them for I think ten or eleven years. Yeah. You said something very important earlier uh, that we just kind of went to the next subject is. When I said the whole thing about, you know, who you want to party with out of these three and, you know, you got the left, you got the liberal, you got the libertarian, you got the conservative. To me, when I look right. at this, I think if you want to hang out with guys and go shoot a bunch of things and hang out with military guys, probably libertarian. Right. You want to smoke if, weed? You want to, libertarians. Yeah, if you want to go hang out with guys that are you're going to feel safe and you're going to be able to entertain ideas, maybe go hang out with independents. You know, if you want to have your kids learn maybe, you know, safe values principles in an environment, maybe you go. Hunting, with,
1: fishing. Yeah. yeah. So you want would. to
0: go, you know, uh, uh, party your ass off and uh, be around guys that want to break the rules and all this stuff. Maybe you go with liberals. If you want to go uh, uh, have a headache,
1: maybe you go hang out with lefts. You know, you, you have, you have uh, areas the you headache. can go. If you with, want to go save some trees or, or pick uh, garbage out of the ocean or something like I don't that. Even think, I don't
0: even think that's it. I don't even think they realize what the hell. They're saying half the time, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, it, it, it blindly following a political party over your country is absolutely naive and stupid, mm-hmm. blindly, just because you're like, oh, I'm supposed to do this, oh, because I'm this, okay, I gotta support it. No, you don't. Right. You gotta question it to say, maybe this is not a good idea, maybe this is not something you ought to support, and sometimes your own party will come up with bad ideas. But you said something, and here's what it was. Hmm. You said maybe the way to sell being a family guy today, having the kids doing it the right way is a form of rebellious because you are rebelling against what they're making seem the norm to be, Right. where you have to market that. Hey, you know, the other thing I would also add is the following, like here, here's what I would add to that, which again, you, you use the word must, right? You must get dot, dot, dot. Finish mm-hmm. the sentence with whatever you wanna to add to it. Right. Vaccinated, you must go, to, you must follow the Everything rules. Everything that's you, not mandatory is banned. It's either
1: mandatory or it's banned. It
0: makes no sense to me, right? right? But to, to to me, as a rebel, I would sit there and said, I must, no, 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 it's not how this works. No, no, I, I escaped Iran so I don't have to do a lot. You know, they everything there is you must, you must, you have to, you have to, you have to, and you have to bow down constantly. No, no, we left there so we don't have to, so I get to pick and choose the kind of a life I want to live. And if I get a speeding ticket, which I got one the other day, very annoyed because I got to, I got a 32 mile an hour speeding ticket uh, uh, and it was like 20 miles, he gave me a t- I'm like, why would you wait? I have a Ferrari, I'd love to go 150 and get a speeding ticket. I don't want to waste a speeding ticket on 32. Right. So I get a 32 <laughs> mile, I was so annoyed. All that was annoyed, I'm like, I don't want to get a speeding ticket at 32. Honestly, I feel embarrassed even sharing Wait a the minute, fact 32 over the speed ticket? 32 element? miles an hour, not even 32 miles over. Okay. Just 32 miles an hour in a 20, they gave wow. me a speeding ticket. But if I break the rule, break the law, give me a ticket. Right. But if you create so many laws that I feel like you're suffocating me, right. it's, it's just a little too much. And I think that's the climb. You know how, we, you ever watch your friends, maybe they had a parent. I had one of my friends who's dad. The guy would go like this. Hey, who will go like this. He was like, like, dude, I couldn't do it around you. I'd be suffocating right. if I was around you. Right. I think today, politicians today are like that parent that is not allowing you to make your own mistakes, mm-hmm. like as if they know what's right for you, and right. God Right, so maybe forbid. the way to
1: reach young people yeah. is, to, is to present to them, Here, here's what you can do with freedom, right? We offer freedom and truth. We, stick to, we think two plus two equals four, you know? We hold to, we hold to that, that gender is rooted in your biological sex. Uh, you know, basic facts of biology that you learn in first grade, that's what we affirm. Uh, we affirm freedom. You know vaccines are good they do good things but we shouldn't mandate them uh it's your personal choice whether or not you'll get one you know like those types of things i think are speaking to young people and i think young people are jumping onto that i've seen people personally we had a a nanny that worked for us uh, a while ago she was younger uh in her 20s probably mid-20s very liberal on a lot of things and has taken a total turn in the other direction uh over this whole Uh, COVID stuff, you know, the the lockdowns and the masking, and she's got young ones and she doesn't want her little babies masked and and the vaccine mandate, she's fine with vaccines, but she doesn't want to be mandated. And she's seeing all this stuff and she's changed her mind. So I think a lot of young people, especially young people that are at the the age where they're starting families, are gonna see a lot of value in that.
0: Had a blast having you all, man. This was great. Yeah, Very good to be uh, spending time with you. Uh, We're gonna put the link below to your site Uh, And specifically, I'm gonna put the link below to the quote Trump gave about the fact that he's done more for Christianity than uh, uh, Jesus himself. And look up
1: his real quote where he actually said it a couple of weeks uh, David,
0: make a note to have both of those, uh, maybe if you can show it to him afterwards so you can put the link of both of them below. Sure. But having said that, thanks for coming on. This was great, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much, great conversation. Yes, absolutely, thank you. Really enjoyed the interview with him. I think satire is very necessary today. If you agree, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And if you enjoyed the interview with Seth Dillon, I think you'll enjoy the interview with Gatsad that I did. It was funny, entertaining, and I think your brains also going to have a workout. If you've not seen that, click over here to watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.